0: This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get the home field advantage with health care coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. I'm Mike Keith. Amy Wells is here as per usual. Hello, Ms. Wells.
1: Hello, Mike Keith. How are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you very much, and we're pleased to be rejoined by Coach Dave McGinnis from Titans Radio. Coach Mac, hello and welcome. Thank you, Mike Keith. Hello, Amy, and a return appearance for Jim Wyatt, TennesseeTitans.com senior writer/editor. Jim, thank you for taking time for from your deluxe office. <laughs> At the annex area across from St. Thomas Sports Park.
2: It's all about the location. I've got a great spot, walking distance to the practice field. So uh, I'm going to just try to ignore all the boxes around me. It's a former closet until I moved in. Well, I'm just glad
0: it's not a hint. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't box up your office. So that's, uh, that's uh, certainly good news. Hint. But we do welcome you back, and we welcome the OTPQs back. We have not had a chance to do one of these in a while. If you go to TennesseeTitans.com slash OTPQ, you can submit your question. And we like to do these every once in a while, kind of our mailbag show, where we take your questions and answer them from the panel. Amy Wells runs this program, so Amy go right
1: ahead all right Mike Keith we're gonna start this fun fun experience off with some current events questions so this is from Chris from Memphis and he's asking about the Titans roster moves recently in regards to punter he says (laughs) help me understand this please we promoted the one punter to the active roster we signed the guy that we just put on the practice squad. What is the deal? What's happening here? Jim Wyatt, can you give us some clarity as to what's going on at the punter spot?
2: I could have predicted this would be the first question because everything on Twitter, everything, I just went through my mailbag trying to get it together for the weekend. I'm not kidding. Half of the, half of the questions are about the punter. You know, people want to know what in the name of Ray Guy is, uh, is going on around here, and, uh, and, this is, and this is kind of what went down. Obviously, Trevor Daniel had a tough night against the Colts. He had a 17-yard punt. He had one blocked. The block wasn't his fault, and then people obviously remember, you know, out Ryan Allen punting against uh, the Bears, and they look at his average and, and certainly looked at the way he punned. He averaged 50 yards a punt and think, how in the world are you keeping Trevor Daniel over Ryan Allen? I get it. But you've got to trust Mike Vrabel, you've got to trust John Robinson, you gotta trust special teams coach Craig Ackman on this. They watched these guys when they worked out, they watched them in practices, and they're basing it more than just what they saw in that game. I have to say, when I watched the game against the Bears, you know, Allen obviously hit for a great average, but you know, he almost had a couple of punts blocked himself. Had no hang time. I'm not trying to throw shade on Ron Allen. I'm just trying to be objective here. And I think they looked at the body of work of both punters and feel like Trevor Daniel gives them the best chance moving forward. We'll see if he gets back on track.
1: All right. A little clarity there from Jim Wyatt to kick it off. Coach Mack, this question is directed at you and uh, doesn't really beat around the bush. So we're just going to get right into the heart of the matter here. Andy from Franklin says, Hey, Coach Mack, why has our defense been so bad this year, especially our pass rush?
3: Well, here's the thing. Any pass rush, you're going to have to win your one-on-one matchups. And if you don't win your one-on-one matchups, then you're going to have to scheme up your your rush. And when you scheme up your rush, you're bringing more people. When you bring more people, you're going to cover man-to-man. We haven't had our starting secondary together yet. Okay. So you have to be able to blend what you're able to do defensively. We could get a pass rush if we wanted to go out and all zero blitz every time and then hang out those guys in the secondary that were mixing and matching every week one-on-one every time. Do you really want to do that? You know, my 31 years of coaching defense in the league say no. Okay? You're going to have to play to everybody's strengths, but the other issue is is and 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 honestly, we signed two guys as free agents to be able to rush the edge, and now one of them never was uh, never was a pass rusher as far as a sack guy. I'm talking about Clowney, and Clowney has done exactly what he was brought in here to do, exactly what he was brought in here to do. The other guy did not do anything, all right? And, he you know, he produced eight-and-a-half sacks in his season last year. He produced zero here. So that's a lot of the issue, but the one of the bigger issues is, is you've got to tie it into what's going on from front to back also. You've got to call your defense so all three elements have a chance to be successful. You've won six games doing it out of nine. I mean, if you keep that going, I mean, if you win six more, you're in pretty good shape.
1: All right, Jim Wyatt, here's a question along the same vein, I guess. This is Cale from McAllen, Texas. He says, do you guys have confidence that once we get a Dory Jackson and Christian Fulton back, on the field, alongside with Desmond King and Malcolm Butler, we can really have a good, reliable group of corners if we happen to make that playoff push.
2: Well, I think it'll help. I mean, I think people have to remember when you know when the team let go of Logan Ryan this offseason, season At least let him go uh, into free agency. Ends up signing with the Giants. And when this season started, the plan was for Adoree Jackson, Malcolm Butler, Christian Fulton, you know to be the primary three out there. Things have changed, obviously. We haven't seen a Dory Jackson. Desmond King's now in the mix. We've seen a lot of young guys shuffle in and out, and this team really has just not been able to find stability in the secondary. I'm not going to sit here and tell you when a Dory Jackson comes back, everything's going to be great uh, because we don't know what condition a Dory's going to be when he's back. As we sit here in, in November the 19th, we don't know for sure when the Dory job. We haven't seen him on the practice field in a while. So it's going to take more than just getting some new bodies back out there to fix this defense. That's just being just frank about it. The pass rush has to be better, as we've talked about. You know, the play overall of the defense is going to have to be better. Will it help to get those guys back? Yes. But I, I can't lead people to believe that you all of a sudden can snap your fingers and everything's fixed just because you get a couple of healthy guys back. And it, it'll definitely help, but it's going to take more than just that.
1: Well, Jim, in keeping with the theme of new faces on the field, Rusty from Chattanooga asks, have we found a guy that can help us in Breon Borders?
2: I like Breon Borders. I think he's done a great job, and, and coaches really talked him up just about by the way he has conducted himself since he's been here. He was on the practice squad. You know, coaches, the GM really liked the way he competed in practice. You know, he wouldn't back down from A.J. Brown. He wouldn't back down you know, from Khalif Raymond. I mean, no matter who he was masked up against, he was feisty and he was competing. And I think in, in games you've seen that as well. I think he's helped kind of settle things down. He has been a, a good player who has stepped up for the team and, and at a time really, really needed it. Coach Mack, he
0: seems like a guy that even if he isn't a starter when a Dory Jackson gets back and with Christian Fulton back at some point, he can be part of the mix going forward and you need several different guys. That would, be, that would be a pretty nice discovery if that turns out to be the truth. First of all, you need your starting
3: group. You get your starting group then you add the numbers behind them. What we have done, we've never had our starting group in the secondary for one snap together all year. We've played nine games, and we have never had our starting secondary play one snap together, okay? And so you talk about getting Fulton and and Adori back. Will that help? It helps big time because of this. You get your speed matchups. This is a matchup game. You get 11 personnel on the field with three wides. This is a matchup game. If you can match up your speed guy to their speed guy and go, I'm fine there one-on-one, then you've got more pieces to play with Is the way that you want to distribute them for coverage the other way. Then you might be able to add somebody else to the pressure package. I think it makes a big difference. I know it makes a huge difference in this day and age of the National Football League not to have your starting secondary together. That's a big difference.
1: Now, Coach Mac, I want to stay with you for a minute because Donovan from Los Angeles, California – Says, Jayon Brown might be one of the best linebackers versus the inside screen game. Time and time again, Jayon sniffs out the screen. Is that purely based on film study, or is that something you can attribute to his instincts?
3: That's a great question, and that's an insightful question, and I like it. I mean, that's, that's, that's very good, because that, that's real. And you know, having coached linebackers all the years that I have, it's both. It's both. I mean, you can, you can tell sometimes as fast as he triggers. And there's a lot of things that a linebacker can do by film study to tell, you know, whenever it's going to be a screen. You can tell by the horizontal pull of those offensive linemen. A lot of screens, the first guy out on the pull is the center. You know, so you can tell a lot of things by what's going on because most of the time the guard and the tackles, they're pushing and pulling the defensive lineman back towards them so they can't get into the screen pattern. And so it takes recognition as to what's happening in the triangle. And the other thing is, a lot of the plays he's made on the screens, Amy, he's been in man-to-man coverage. And when he's in man-to-man coverage, you have to have the ability to, first of all, avoid the first man they're bringing out there to you. He's really got a great capability of make a miss in the open field. you got a big offensive lineman that's coming out there. He can make a miss and can flatten back out to the ball carrier. So it's film study, and then it's also a good GPS to the ball.
1: Jim White. speaking of linebackers, Ronnie from New Jersey asks, why isn't Rashawn Evans showing up as much this season as we've seen in previous years?
2: That's a a pretty honest assessment because I haven't noticed him as much. He hasn't made as many game-changing plays. And that's maybe a function of just the way the defense is going, and and it's not all on one person. I think you're going to see him incorporated in the pass rush a little bit more moving forward that's something that coach Haslett talked about earlier this week it's something that they've tried to do in recent weeks watching him in practice today he was being used more you know working on his his technique as an outside backer he's going to continue to get a lot of a lot of looks inside but they're trying to find ways to get him more involved he has not made as many game-changing plays as he did last year and i think he kind of fits in that category as guys who do need to step it up here down the stretch?
3: You know, game-changing plays come when they present themselves in the game. Sometimes you're not presented game-changing plays. The first thing that I, uh, all my years of, of coaching and grading linebackers, you grade consistency. You grade consistency, and then what you want to see is when a, when a chance shows up to make a play, you make one. He made a huge game-changing play in that, in that Colts game on that on that goal line stop. I mean, those are the types of things. But if, if they don't coincide with a win, then people seem, you know, start to dismiss them. I still like Rashawn Evans as an inside backer. He's got a lot of skills. He's a physical player. He's a downhill thumper. I never was worried about game-changing plays. I had a pair of linebackers one time in Chicago that had 10 sacks between them. And then the next year, you know, we went through the whole season and we only had four. They were the same players the, but the, the, the plays just didn't present themselves at the same time. You look and you grade consistency. I'm still riding with Rashawn Evans. I like the player a lot.
1: Well, here's another person that maybe you could be riding with, because Jimmy from Miami, Florida, says with his performance the last couple weeks, how much more of a role do you see Tier Tart getting within the defensive line group?
3: Tiare Tart is a front end loader. I love him in there. I love him in there a lot because he takes up space. He's really going to be important this week because of the because of the inside vertical run game that we've got to defend from the quarterback and from anybody else he hands it to. I love those space eaters like that. And once they start to understand and get and get comfortable playing with the guys beside him, look, there's two things, two things that you cannot coach in the National Football League. You can't coach speed because if they have it, they have it. And size, if you have size, you have size. Tierra tart got plenty of size. I'm glad he's activated now.
2: Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is to see these guys develop because Tierra Tart was a, a project when he got here. And he's one of those players that Coach Williams was having to correct on a pretty regular basis in training camp. and And, and it's not surprising just because it was. We didn't have OTAs. We didn't have many camps. He wasn't able to work through some of that stuff. So he was very raw at the start of the season. Just to kind of see him develop and get to a point now where he's able to be utilized some and able to play, I I just think that's great for his development. Just kind of shows he's taking the coaching.
1: All right. We're going to take a little break from breaking down the defense here because I have a question for Mike
0: Keith. Yes, Amy.
1: This is from Chris. Georgia he says does Mike Keith have to rest his vocal cords or gargle something after a high scoring game with as many touchdown titans and other good calls that he has to yell and he says here in parentheses that I get bonus points if I do a Mike Keith touchdown titans while reading this which would shame me no oh,
0: I want to hear that Look, I would hear hate that.
1: no I'm 100% passing on the bonus points. I will take the regular points for asking the question.
2: Putting a sheet of paper over your face and do it. you won't be as embarrassed. It
1: awesome. No, it's like singing a song to your favorite artist. It's just bizarre to well, sing your their song artist? at them. I can't yell one of Mike Keith's calls at him. It's wow. weird.
0: I'm your favorite artist. That's so that nice. That's
1: Not what I said. That was an analogy, Mike. <laughs>
0: Uh, the truth is, yes, I do run out of voice. I don't talk much before the game. I try to stay really quiet Sunday morning. I mean, I, you know, chat with the group and, but I don't like yuck it up or anything for that reason, because I know I'm going to have to talk for four hours and I'm loud and I, I get it. I mean, it's a, it's like, the hot tea, cough drops, things like that. The thing that I do wrong is I drink coffee. And coffee is not good for your vocal cords. I, I, I know that. But I'm going to drink coffee till they put me in the ground. So just sorry. I mean, that's just that's just going <laughs> to happen. I love coffee. So yeah, I mean, Sunday night, I don't sound so good. And a lot of times when I do radio shows on Monday morning, I don't sound so good. I'm probably not the guy to follow with that, that regiment, but there are things I try to do during the course of the week to, to be ready, and then there are corrective things I try to do after the fact. So giving him a serious answer to that question, yes. I'm, I'm tired after it's over.
3: I'm telling you when you do sound good, Mike Keith, is during the game. Oh, and thank, that's you.
0: Important.
2: thank you, Coach.
0: I'm glad to be your favorite artist, too.
2: I'm glad to know that, too, because there have been a lot of Sunday mornings where I'll see Mike in the press box, and I'll just say hello, and he just kind of walks by me and doesn't say anything. I thought maybe he's just not a morning person, and now I'm realizing he's saving his voice. No, no, I
0: thought you were Jeff Harding. (laughs) That's one of our co-workers, but that's another story. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, but Mike, a serious follow-up question to that okay. for my yeah. own edification. You've been doing this for a long time. Have you ever worked with a vocal coach or something like that, like to learn the correct way to use your voice in that way?
0: 100% true. At the end of my first year, I would lose my voice late in games. And so I went to somebody to, to kind of work on that. I said, what do I need to do? And the first thing he says is, he says, you're fat. You need to lose weight, and I mean true story. That's what he said. He said you're fat. You need to lose weight. He said you put too much pressure when you're overweight, and so I I lost some weight. And you know they tell you working out, doing cardiovascular stuff is is good for that. I drink gallons of water during the course of the week. I hate to drink water, you know, because I like to drink coffee. So. I I drink literally gallons of water during the week, and I do try to take it easy right beforehand, you know, because some people like to get together before games and and chat with friends and things of that sort, and I get it, and I like to be social too, but I just – I try very hard not to do that in pregame because I'm trying to save as much from, you know, noon to four as I possibly can. That's a long answer, and I know there are people listening thinking, wow, he takes this way too seriously, but it is the job.
3: Amy, before we leave this segment, just one more plea. Please either give us a sack or a touchdown Oh,
1: please. I'm not doing it. Absolutely not, under no circumstances. I do not do karaoke, and I do not do Mike Keith impersonations to his face. Like, if Mike wasn't here, I'd do it all day long. But (laughs) I will not do it to his face.
0: But it's the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Look to the folks at Farm Bureau Health Plans. When you need someone who understands the X's and O's of healthcare coverage, even taking care of your voice on Sunday morning, Farm Bureau Health
1: Plans. (laughs) Well, to the OT people and the people of Farm Bureau Health Plans, we love you. We appreciate you. Anyway, let's move right along here. And this is a question that I would like to get everyone's opinion on because it's kind of a serious topic, has been rumbling around a little bit for the last couple of weeks. So I feel like we just need to address it here. Lawrence from Cardiff, Wales, which is in Europe, says, I have been following the Titans for a number of years now. The transformation under the leadership of Amy Adams-Strunk, John Robinson, and Mike Vrabel cannot be understated. This organization has a culture of winning and accountability, and both the offense and defense are exciting to watch and dangerous to go against. That is, however, until this year when the defense appears to have fallen apart. How much do you believe this can be attributed to Brabel's decision to not have a defensive coordinator calling the plays? Has he taken on more than anyone can handle?
2: Coach,
1: coach Mack, Mack, I'm going to start with you because you are a former coach. I'm glad you
3: did. First of all, I'd like to start out this answer with, has anybody on this panel ever been to Wales? If you haven't, you need to go. Beautiful beautiful part of the part of the country over there all right I got that out of the way I, I, I think it I think it has nothing to do with it whatsoever every year takes on its own its own character Mike Grable was intensely involved with this defense last year it always comes down to is who you have to play with and who you play when you play them. I mean, that's exactly what it comes down to. Mike Vrabel has been in this long enough and has been with this defense long enough that I, ha- I don't think it has anything to do with it. Exactly zero to do with it. I mean, I, I just believe that. I know that from coaching. I just, I, I just know that. I know that from watching them practice. I know that from uh, knowing Mike Vrabel's background. And I know that also from what they've played and who they're playing with and who they are playing against. It has nothing to do with Mike Vrabel not naming somebody as the official defensive coordinator.
2: Zero. And I've got to defer to Coach Mack on this because it says he's lived the life and knows what it's like to prepare for, for games and to, to work on Sundays on the sideline. And I will say that I, I get that question. I mean, that's been the most popular question I get until this week when the whole punter switcheroo has come down the pike. And I always say, man, we, we get to watch practices. We, we saw, we've we seen over the course of the last couple of years how involved Mike Vrabel is on the practice field and how – he makes corrections and and points out things that you then see translate into the games on Sunday. Things he's had his fingerprints on, you know, from the first day he took over as head coach, even when Dean Peace was here. And it's always been kind of a collaborative effort between all of the coaches on defense, during the course of the week to get ready for Sundays when it's not going well, that's the thing people want to point to is he hasn't hired a defensive coordinator. That's the problem. He's taken on too much. I I agree with coach Mack. It's just not as simple as that. A lot of it has to do with the personnel. A lot of it has to do with the way other teams have been able to take advantage of some things and some of the Titans weaknesses. There's no question that it needs to get fixed. I mean, we've got seven games left in this regular season you know, third down defense has been better here in recent weeks. It's not fixed. Problems still persist in other areas. So the tides you have to figure a lot of things out. And if they do get figured out, it's not going to be because he's done anything different. He's going to continue to do things the way they've done it. They just need to be better across the board.
1: All right. Staying across the pond. This is Jamie from England. And he has an interesting question that maybe coach Matt can answer to start. He says, Hey guys, can you please explain to me why the defense is standing so far off the line of scrimmage, especially on short downs being from England? I have never had the opportunity to play the game. So there are things that I'm still learning about, but even I can work out that on fourth and two, you don't need to stand 10 yards off the line. Is this something people are coached to do or are these personal decisions?
3: Well, with all due respect to England, which again, another lovely, lovely country, you know, I've enjoyed my visits there also. When it's fourth and two, the only people standing 10 yards off the line are the safety and the two corners if they've got, if they've got double wits. If people normally in their short yardage, when it's fourth and two, they've got bunched in, they've got bunched in formations normally with big people. So the only person that would be 10 yards away from the ball would be the free safety in the middle of the field. And so probably what he is referring to is sometimes on short yardage, if you have a wide receiver that's out there, the corners are off for this reason. If you're playing short yardage, and, all, and they look up and your, your safety is lined up a little more shallow and your corner is pressed on the out out there, it's an immediate check to a takeoff. It's an immediate check to a takeoff, and people will take that chance every time, every time. I've been on football teams before as to where we've been on the two yard line and people are going to press us up there and we're trying to press us up there to, to get a safety and would we'll throw a takeoff down the sideline to a pressed up receiver. And the next thing you know, we've got the ball on the 50. So there's reasons for things that happen in the games. But the only person, as again, as I said, all due respect to England, that would be lined up in a short yardage situation, 10 yards off the ball is probably the free safety in the middle of the field.
1: Jim? You too get a question from across the pond, and it's also our only question about offense from the OT people today. David from Black Force Germany says, whenever Ryan Tannehill changes to his two-minute scheme and puts pressure on the opponent with his no-huddle offense, he's very successful. Can you imagine that this tactic could be used more often in general, even outside of two minutes?
2: No, I could see, you know, coach and staff implementing that at different points of the game just to take advantage of the success you've had and also, you know, just to kind of keep the defense off balance. You know, the problem is, is when you do that, you you know, you're not giving your defense the rest that they need. And they've been on the field way too much during the course of the season on the field way too much against the Colts as well. So you've got to factor in a lot of different things. Obviously, it's something you'll take advantage of if you're having success, but you've got to consider a lot of other things there as well.
1: All right. Our final question from the OT people for this edition of OTPQs comes from Janet in Crossville, Tennessee. She says, I am a huge fan of Titans radio. Are you guys still traveling to away games?
0: That's the plan. We're going this weekend to Baltimore. We're planning to go to Indianapolis we have Jacksonville, Green Bay, and Houston after that. Obviously, circumstances can change, Amy. Things can, can happen. We have you know, lots of different things coming down about you know, travel. But uh, as long as we deem it safe and our bosses want us to go, I hope we can be there. I, I think it adds something for us to have a chance to be there. I, I like that aspect of it. I've talked to a lot of my colleagues who are broadcasting remotely calling the game off of a monitor and they seem to think it works okay but but they get if if you can be there it's better so yeah we're going to Baltimore this weekend and the plan is to go to Indianapolis and we hope we're able to keep doing it Jim are you still traveling
2: I am still traveling and and you know just to kind of give people kind of an insider's view on our lives now we all of us you know have travel with the team on the team plane on the, you know on the charter going to the hotels, being on the buses with them and we're all doing it separately this year. I continue to travel and you know part of the reason is the team's trying to keep that circle tight uh, you know to keep players from getting infected and to have any issues. but also in my job, when the game ends, you know in years past travel with the team, you call the game, you're headed toward the bus, to get to the plane. In my job, when the game ends now, I'm headed to a, a location where I can get on the Zoom calls because everything has to be done on Zoom. So I can't do the Zoom calls as I'm headed to the bus, trying to get on the plane. So it makes sense for me from that standpoint to travel separate. And um, and it, it's it, obviously a lot of things are different now, You know, even tra- traveling back uh, in my days with the Tennessean, when I travel commercial, you would want to be on that first flight out on Monday morning to be back here for the head coach's press conference at 1130 noon the next day. Well, obviously, again, there is no press conference the next day. It's on Zoom. So now I'm taking a late flight back on Monday evening so I can work the press conference in the visiting city trying to get on that late flight back on Monday where a lot of times I have the whole road of myself. You have to factor in a lot of things like that as you travel and uh, so it's affected everybody differently. I have to say I didn't sleep in the same bed with my wife uh, for, for the month of September just because I was traveling. Those are the sacrifices you kind of have to make when you know that you're traveling in airports, in airplanes, and I have a wife that's a diabetic, so I want to kind of keep her safe as well. So it's a, it's a whole new world for everybody, but it's something I know we're all willing to do, because we love our jobs and love to do the best job possible to keep fans up to date with uh, with what's going on with the team. Well, and
0: we're trying to do this, just to follow your point there, Jim, we're trying to do this as best we can to provide the same amount of access and the same amount of coverage and enjoyment to the fan base. And we're not going to do anything foolish. I mean, if there, if there comes a time they say we can't do it, we can't do it. You know, I, I get it. But as long as we can and we can be safe, and I think our entire group, and I know Jim and, and Ashley and Spencer and everybody else who travels on behalf of the team, we wear our masks, we watch the distance from other people, we wash our hands, we're not going out to dinners, you know, we're, we're just going, doing the games and doing it as safely as we possibly can because we want to bring Titans Nation into it as much as possible, especially in this year where they can't be part of it. And I I think in some ways it's more important if we can continue to do it. But it's been a battle because the the big thing for us is we produce television on Mondays. So getting back later makes that process harder. The big thing we've lost not being on the team plane is not the fancy food and the bus rides and, you know, all the really cool stuff that we get to do. The big thing is time because the, you know, when you can leave right after a game and be back home as quickly as we get back home, then I'm riding on the plane for TV. And then I come home and I'm working for, you know, on TV and radio the next day, working with Rhett Bryan on things like that. Well, you know, we're not going to get home from Baltimore anytime soon after the game, just because of how flights are done so that makes it more difficult. But how do we complain? You know, I, I honestly, I mean, we have great, uh, great jobs to start with. And our situation is certainly no more difficult and certainly not as difficult as a lot of other people's.
2: And, and I do think, I mean, there's such a great value being there. You guys do a great job painting a picture of kind of telling what's. Going inside the stadium, being able to see things unfold, Amy working from the moat, being able to get most up-to-date information on injuries and what's happening right in front of her. You don't get that from being at home and from watching it on television. So I'm, I think we all consider ourselves very fortunate to be able to be there to kind of let people see things that they can't see uh, here in, back in Nashville.
3: Mike, let me say this, you know, of course, this is, I'm, I'm the newest one member doing this. I mean, it's my first season broadcasting. And I, have of course, I know a few people in this league. I've gotten to know, you know, quite a few of the color analysts. They, when they talk to me about us traveling, they're jealous that we're traveling. They are jealous that, that, that we are traveling. And they say, you can call the game remotely, but to a man, they say, not the same not the same. And so I'm so thankful that we're traveling, that we're at the game, even though I'm really disappointed we're going to Baltimore and there will be no fans right below us. So that when you make those loud calls that Amy won't, do, <laughs> those people get so mad. And I love irritating those people when they get mad at you.
0: Well, coach, you, you have contended that I do that intentionally in Baltimore. And there is absolutely no proof of that. Well, I'm the proof. (laughs) (laughs) I might have seen one of their reactions one time, and it might have made me laugh. Well, this has been fun, and we're looking forward to going to Baltimore this weekend. Jim Wyatt, TennesseeTitans.com, Coach Mack, Dave McGinnis, Titans Radio. Thank you for your time. Amy Wells and I certainly appreciate it.
2: Amy, why don't you set it off with the touchdown, Titans? Yeah, can you do that? I'm not
1: doing it. No, I'm not doing it.
2: I'm Very disappointing, Amy.
1: I get it. I understand. and you gotta leave them wanting more though, you know.
0: I'm just glad to know I'm your favorite artist. Thank oh you so
1: God. much. I'm gonna start screening these questions a little bit more thoroughly. I just thought that would be nice and something a little bit different and look at what has started.
0: <laughs> Thanks to Far Bureau Health Plants for sponsoring the OTP. Thanks to all of you for your OTP cues. And submit them all the time. We, we'd we like to compile them and do these shows. Go to TennesseeTitans.com slash OTPQ. And if you're not going to TennesseeTitans.com all the time to read Jim Wyatt, what in the world's wrong with you? Come on. Get with <laughs> it. Right? Am I wrong? No. I am not. For Jim Wyatt, for Amy Wells, for Coach Dave McGinnis, I'm Mike Keith thanking you for being with us for the OT.
2: Where the legends go. Everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee. Making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our
0: veins.